On this episode, you'll be listening to my interview with the Executive Director of Aid for Rural Education Access Initiative, Iria I, Prince Olanrewaju Gideon Oluwashim, all the way from Ibadan, Oyo State, Nigeria, West Africa. Do you know that non-governmental organizations are working ceaselessly to make the world a better place? We see a future where young people are connected and act together as agents of change. And making the dream of um, children living in undeserved communities. And I am well known for championing children's right to education. Poverty elevation, humanitarian aid. Where every child, regardless of your geographical location, health care, socioeconomic status or religious background will have access to quality education. We are concerned about people's health and livelihood. Leadership development and community development. Yes, NGOs are working for the sustainability of all, especially the less privileged. Yes, yes. their voice deserves to be heard. NGO podcast is the voice of NGOs. I am Jimon Uluwatobishagun. Stay tuned. <laughs> welcome again listeners welcome to another episode of ngo podcast this is the podcast where we are simply working towards bringing the world non-government organizations to limelight oh hold up hold up, hold up. let me introduce myself i'm still your man i'm still your host i am jimo oluwato bishegun you can simply call me j-o-s and if you are a new listener welcome if you have always been like my listener right from day one I want to give you a round of applause. Thank you for being there right from day one. I want you to know that I appreciate and value you dearly. And to my new listeners in the house, I want to welcome you to the big family. I welcome you to the big family where we're making part all around the world. And brief information about this podcast. As the name implies, NGO Podcast. We are simply working towards bringing the world non-government organizations to limelight. By what? By having an interview session with either the founder, executive director, or team lead of different non-governmental organizations on each episode of which we believe that they will be able to tell you, a listener, about the organization, how far they have gone, what they are trying to make right in the society, being an NGO, and how they have been moving on, being a non-for-profit organization. And also on this podcast, we have the section which is called Opportunity Update Section, where we get to share with you the latest opportunities lying out there, of which we believe it to be of benefit to you, our listener, so that the Opportunity Update is a hot cake for you, a listener. And today, I'm privileged to be joined by another big fish, by another extraordinary personnel, another outstanding man, right from... Ibadan or your state Nigeria, West Africa. He goes by the name Prince Olarowaju Gideon Uluwashun, popularly known as Larry Shepa. Larry Shepa is the executive director and the founder of Aid for Rural Education Access Initiative, a non government organization which focuses on bringing quality education to geographically marginalized students in the rural communities. Oh, that sounds impressive, sounds interesting. Over the months, the impact of Area I, I mean Aid for Rural Education Access Initiative, their impact has spanned through many places in Nigeria, even far beyond Nigeria and going to Kenya and the likes. That's why I beat up to have an interview session with Prince Gideon, popularly known as Larry Shepa, where he shared with me how far the organization has gone, why he tried to set up an organization. But I'm very sure you would love to hear from Larry Shepa. 
so that you can have a glimpse a knowledge about what the organization is all about what they have made right in the society and how they have been moving on being a non-for-profit organization without a further ado we need to jump on today's business join me in welcoming prince gideon olani waju lamri shepard i will join you in a jiffy don't go away i'll be right back Welcome, Sir Prince, and thank you for joining me today on this episode of NGO Podcast. My pleasure to have you here with me on my hot seat. How do you feel to be here with me, sir? Oh, thank you so much, uh, Mr. Jimo Oluato Dishabi. Um, it feels great to be here today, you know. Um, I'm so happy that um, finally I'm on the NGO Podcast show because um, I know what this means to what I do as a non-profit leader running NGO. So, thank you so much for having me. It's such a great privilege and opportunity. Oh, you're welcome, Sir Prince. In brief, would you please tell my listeners about you? Popularly, I'm known as Prince Olaniwaju Gideon Oluwashio. And um, I'm a graduate of biochemistry from Ladoki Akitola University of Technology in Udomosho. That is basically my background, um, my academic background. I'm a native of Ekoin Day in Osho State. I'm from a real family, and that is why I have the, the tag prince in front of my name because people think at times that it's just um, a prince that comes from nowhere, maybe you just added it to you. So I'm using this opportunity to tell people and to show that indeed I'm from a real family, not with any special accolades, but uh, just to clear the misconception about that. Uh, and what I do, um, I run a non profit education driven organization called Aid for Rural Education Access Initiative. And um, I'm a member of the World Economic Forum's Global Shapers Community and also a member of the International Youth Council of Nigeria and um, proponently a member of the Commonwealth Youth Council of Nigeria also. So, well, well that's awesome to hear from you, sir. Thank you, sir. You may mention that you run an NGO. Okay. Would you please give our listeners a comprehensive details about this organization, the mission statement, what you are trying to do or what you are trying to make right in the society and even a lot more about the organization, sir. Thank you so much. The name of the organization is Aid for Rural Education Access Initiative. Okay. Area High. Yeah. And it's a non-profit education-focused organization with a vision to improve the access and quality of education available to poor and vulnerable children in rural communities across Africa. Okay. That is the vision. Now, the mission is to organize and channel resources to bridge the alarming gap that exists between studying in a rural environment and um, studying in an urban in- environment. Um, statistically, that is 10.7 million out of school children in Nigeria. And according to the global monitoring report of UNESCO ended year 2015, shows that majority of this population resides in rural areas. So I came up with this idea of creating a platform where we can channel lifelong learning opportunities for children that are not geographically privileged to have access to basic quality education. So we have a model that we use um, that centers on what UNESCO proposed on having quality education. And that comprises of five things. Um, The learners, and these are the students that are receiving the education, the learning environment, which is where they are receiving the education, the content, which is what they are learning, the processes, which is how they are learning what they are learning, and the outcomes is what they gain out of what they are learning. So, um, Area High's social behavior programs and intervention projects has been designed in such a way that it obeys 
these five things because according to unesco learners must be well felt okay. well nourished right. supported in learning by their families and communities so for example if you have a particular community that do not understand or do not embrace the significance or the benefits of having access to quality education we tend to come up with campaigns and um, platforms to make them realize that this is what you tend to um, uh, gain if you send your child to school and this is one basic opportunity for us to reduce the number of out of school children in nigeria because uh, frankly speaking nigeria accounts for the highest number of out of school children in the world that is such a huge shame for the fastest growing population in africa and the largest country in africa even countries like um, burkina faso has a high literacy rate as compared to nigeria these are the kind of disparity that an organization like Area High seek to correct. I know that there will still be um, opportunity for me to talk about the organization in subsequent questions. So sure. don't let me talk about it. <laughs> okay, sir. I love what you just stated. Actually, you made mention of why you focus on education itself. Because education now in, in Africa itself or in Nigeria, let's say per se, it's, it's like a taboo. Or, uh, you, still, you still answer questions like that in times to come um all right you know we have both public and private sector in education sure uh, like government do run some and private um, uh, individuals do run some on which uh, sector is the organization focusing on is it both public and private sector or only public uh, would you please shed more light on this sir okay from division we seek to improve access and quality for poor and vulnerable children in rural communities i do not think even though in rare cases we can have private institutions in some rural community. Sure. But a lot of people will keep wondering because we've, we've had some activities in uh, cities like Ibadan, for example. Yeah. And that is because after conducting an assessment survey, we saw that even some schools in some urban community do not comply with the templates provided by UNESCO if you want to assess if education in this particular school is quality or not okay. you understand so yeah. basically we work with we've been working and i think we'll keep working with um public primary or secondary schools because most private schools if you get to their learning environment now mark my word i said most most private school when yeah. you get to their learning environment you see that they have something we call safe schools according to unesco safe schools are schools that you you know they have um, well-equipped laboratories, toilets, scientific equipment, and, you know, these are readily available in some private schools. So yeah. it is easy for us to work with public schools because they are the one on the far receiving end of the low educational quality that we have in Nigeria. You made mention of many things about this so-called education. Even not all these private sector have access to what we call quality education as the template given by UNESCO. But sir, as my listeners are interested in knowing, me too, I'm equally interested in knowing that is quality education a taboo in Africa? Because not only Nigeria are battling this so-called quality education. The Gambian are clamoring for their quality education. The Kenyans, the Nigerians, and many more. But will you please shed more light on this? Is quality education a taboo in Africa or not? Please quality, tell us more. Quality education is not a taboo in Africa. And hey. this is what I would say. Yeah. Now, when we are designing the structure of our organization, we felt, okay, we want to talk about quality education. We want to center on quality education. How do we want to achieve this? And that is what, why we came up with 
the template that we work with as driven by UNESCO. Everything as stipulated by UNESCO is what we can achieve in some countries. A wise man once said that infrastructure, transformative education, and leaders with integrity is what Africa needs to become a better continent. Now, all these three factors are interconnected. Now, I want to pick two points, transformative education and leaders with integrity. If our leaders across African countries can comply with what UNESCO's advice concerning the budget allocation to education, which is 26% of the allocation, okay. things will work out. Sure. The last time I checked, according to a survey by the World Economic Forum, yeah. only 10 out of 54 countries of Africa comply with allocating 26% of their budget to education. God. Now, if we have 26% of budget allocated to education, it will be easy for us to have learning environment that are LD, safe, protective and gender sensitive, and that will provide adequate resources and facilities as postulated by UNESCO. If we have 26% of the budget allotted to education, it is easy for us to have content that is reflected in the relevant curricula and materials for the acquisition of basic skills, especially in the areas of literacy, numeracy, and skills for life, and knowledge in such areas as gender, health, nutrition, HIV and AIDS, prevention, and peace. If we have 26% of the budget allotted to education, it is easy for us to have learners that are healthy, that are well-nourished, that are ready to participate in learning and supported in learning by their communities and their families. If we have 26% of the budget allocated to education, we are going to have processes through which trained teachers, I mean quality trained teachers, use child-centered learning approaches in well-managed classrooms where you even have technological approaches towards aiding the learning process for the children. So you see that all these things this with providing resources and if you don't have these resources readily available there is no how we can beach the benchmark for us to say okay we are having access to quality, quality education. education so you are saying essence that quality education is not a taboo in africa it's not a taboo in africa okay it start from even though i was talking about budget reallocation budget reallocation i i will not uh, fail to talk about what is needed to be done yeah, by yeah. Shed more light on this place on every stakeholder within the community okay go ahead families have their own role to play yeah. because they must support their children in learning actively same as the children who are the students the recipients the learners of the knowledge or the learning and same as private institutions because last um some months back the international commission for education held um, a worldwide consultation on what exactly can the world do in order to finance quality education. And Area High happens to be the only organization in Nigeria that organized a consultation. Okay. In the consultation, one of the things we suggested for private institutions to do is for them to invest in education. So there is a need for the private sector to also see a sense of coming together with the public institutions and even the government to invest in this quality education. So the 20% budget allocation may not necessarily come from the government. Okay. An organization like Ohando Foundation in Nigeria is doing actively well to ensure that they contribute supporting the efforts of Nigeria in investing in quality education. So that is the point I'm trying to make concerning that it is a uniform and a collective responsibility for all members of the society to invest 
in quality education. Oh, thank you. I love that, Prince. Um, but what is the scope and limitation of your organization? Um, scope and limitation. Yeah. Now, um, according to what I read from um, the Global First Education Initiative of um, the UN Secretary General, Good. education has transcends beyond just acquisition of knowledge. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It now involves incorporation of skills, values, and attitudes for learners to be able to contribute to development of the society and community transformation. Good. Now, we do not only focus on when we, because the word quality education is broad. <laughs> yeah. It's broad. Yeah. You understand? So, we do not want to pay most attention on what students, uh, where students are learning, because it's, it's, it's basically what we've done. We've, we've, we've really invested a lot in where they are learning. You understand? Yeah. How does it look? Are they sitting on the window? Are they sitting on the, the floor? Ground. And all on the ground? No. We want to see a way where we can bring in transformative education where there will be skills, life skills, practical skills. Now, we talk of literacy skills. Good. We talk of numeracy skills. Yes. We talk of digital skills. We talk of cognitive skills. Now, these are the kind of... Um, the pathway that are the quality education that we seek to provide is going to chart that. So it's not just about one plus one equals to two. How can <laughs> learners contribute to building a peaceful and a sustainable um, community? Yeah. And that's why we have a program such as Education for Sustainable Development Forum, which is a platform where we call students together yeah. to build their understanding about topics such as global synergy education, sustainable lifestyle, poverty eradication, yes. um, biodiversity, climate change, um, water sanitation and hygiene, gender equality, and all these sensitive issues that they will not be, they will not have access to in the conventional classroom learning. So this is, this is basically what I think will work around. And um, more of what we seek to do and in, in coming time is try and invest more of our time and resources in policy advocacy, and economic empowerment, and of course, get the cultural education. Awesome, awesome, awesome. But Prince, for crying out loud, you are a graduate of, of from one of the premier universities in Nigeria, West Africa, talking about Ladoke Akintola University, which is situated in Ubumosho, on your state, Nigeria, West Africa. But, sir, why did you deem it free to run an NGO? A satisfied biochemist, for that matter? Would you please give us a tangible reason, sir? Okay, well, um, I always thought people something about human existence okay I tell them that everyone is on heart for us to fulfill a purpose sure and to fulfill that purpose there are three different things you can use wow that's i call great. them i call them the three p's of fulfilling purpose yeah. you have the space of profession yeah you have the space of potential and you have the space of passion now that means you can channel either your profession or your potential or your passion towards achieving your purpose in life now, um, while in school, I studied biochemistry. I'm not bragging, but I graduated with a second class upper in biochemistry. Mm -hmm. So even if I want to fall that in that part, I have, I have the tendency to do that. But growing up, I have a personal story that connects to transitioning from learning in a rural community to an urban area. So I know what it means to be geographically marginalized in having access to quality education. So while growing up, and when I see, um, I saw that the quality education I had access to took me this far. And I knew there are some children out there that by the virtue of where they are born, 
by the virtue of being marginalized by their geographical location, socioeconomic status, or religious background, they do not have access to quality education. And some people are not standing up to fill this gap. So I felt, what can I do? Coupled with the fact that you read narratives like there are 57 million out of school children in the world, and 10.2 of them are in Nigeria for crying out loud. I'm a Nigerian. Wow. Now, um, people see Africa as a country of challenges. I see opportunities. I see opportunities for us to stand up and create sustainable solutions to the myriad of challenges that we're facing in Africa. So I put all this together. I saw that, okay, um, not embracing professional, but embracing my passion to see a world where every child will live to their fullest potential. What can I do? So I want to create a platform where every child, regardless of their geographical location, socioeconomic status, or religious background, will have access to quality education and lifelong learning opportunities. So that at the end of the day, everybody can live to their fullest potential. And that is why we have Aid for Rural Education Access Initiative. Wow, impressive, impressive. Glad to hear this from you, sir, Prince. Uh, you are a satisfied biochemist, yes, accepted. But how is that related to what you are into presently? And how has your experience as a science student or a biochemist helped you in this organization? Okay, <laughs> you see, there is, there is a clear disparity between biochemistry and non-profit management. Uh, really? <laughs> okay, is, let's hear about that, sir. It is, it, is, it is widely apart. Yeah, yeah. Now, from the experience of drawing glycolytic pathway, Krebs cycle, <laughs> mastering the structure no, of glucose, yeah. sucrose, starch, yeah. <laughs> and all that. No, yeah. um, it's, it's, it's... But you know, um, while in school, just go up there and ask any any loud tech student yeah. or anybody who, who studied biochemistry in Nigeria. It's, it's, it's always a meticulous task for you to, even in Unilag or University of Ibadan, yeah. biochemistry is a cumbersome um, course and um, it builds one particular virtue in you and that is what I call resilience. Good, okay. And I think that is one of the things that have kept me going in the journey of area high. Wow. Um, earlier this year, I took a resolution. I, I had a lot of ideas I want to implement in terms of the organization. I said, this year, finances will not stop me from implementing projects and programs. Yeah. And um, I set out and I said, I'm going to do things. And we are doing things together with the team of um, executives and volunteers that we have. Even though we have limited resources, we are doing things. And the resilience I had in studying hard to become a graduate of biochemistry, which is not easy, is that same resilience I'm having now to push through the journey of running a non-governmental organization and a non-profit organization successfully. Now, I have this approach I used back in school then. When, when I've been taught something in the classroom, I go outside and I research more about it, the internet, the textbooks, to gather more knowledge about what the lecturer has taught me in the classroom and that is what i am not a graduate of um non-profit management <laughs> but i've taken time to research about what i'm doing yeah. I, i've taken time to understand the background of the solution i seek to create for this challenge of lack of access to quality education for geographically marginalized communities in africa as a whole and i think um I've done a pretty good job in putting together a structure, a model, and programs and activities towards achieving that vision of creating an African continent where every child has access to quality education. So, no knowledge is wasted. Yeah. <laughs> you understand? So, being sure, a biochemist, sure, sure. Um, and 
in this modern time, I tell people, what you study in school may not be what you end up with. Just, sure, you know, sure. just, just face it. Put in your very best and, you know, just everybody, we just want to make the world a better place to live. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. whatever we set our hands to do, let's just do it well and let us contribute to that dream of making African continent a better one. Wow, awesome, awesome there. Oh, it's been a while you set up this organization, sure, Prince. Yeah. What are the creative and innovative things that you've done for the past 12 months, sir? Okay, um, I want you to know that creativity yeah. is the hallmark of social change. Good. In what we do in the social space, if you are not creative, if you are not innovative, you would you would not have your way. You understand? Yeah, understand you would not have your way. So, out of what we seek to do, we saw that trying to gain support will, will quite be difficult. Sure. Because I must tell you, running a non-profit in a country like Nigeria is highly difficult. Ah, yeah. Because apart from the saturation of, of the stratosphere with myriads of organization <laughs> and this kind of atmosphere of competing yeah. for limited resources, you you just need to be above the pile. Sure. You understand? Yeah. As as you seek for personal development and community growth, you just need to be creative. So one basic thing we did that I, I knew it's creative is um the creation of the Education for Sustainable Development Forum. According to UNESCO. Sorry, I kept quoting UNESCO. <laughs> UNESCO, yeah. Yeah, you know, UNESCO is the leading body responsible sure, for education across sure, the world. Sure. And awesome. It's, it's, it's been one body that has been a benchmark for most of the things we do. Um, there are 12 thematic areas because we do not just want learners to have access to just education. We want them to have access to transformative education. So they have these 12 thematic areas that they've highlighted for impacting transformative education. So we felt that, okay, how can we integrate these 12 thematic areas under education for sustainable development, the ability for learners to learn things that will be practically important for them to contribute to community development and societal transformation? How can we infuse all these thematic areas into what they are learning in the conventional classroom learning? Yeah. So we saw that, okay, education for sustainable development forum will be like an interactive dialogue section with the students and the teachers put in some um, breakout sections okay which is um, uh, typically done in when you go for workshops and seminars yeah and uh, we alternate within four topics in a small allotted time and um, we see that these learners come out at the end of the day being impacted with knowledge that they do not have access to in the classroom and these are practical knowledge that they are going to use in the practical day life for example Anytime we facilitate or we take them through the understanding of the concept of climate change, which is such a cumbersome <laughs> thing to understand, yeah, yeah. Yeah. we 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 into the line of environmental pollution. Then we bring in the principle of reduce, reuse, and recycle. When we talk about this, we we practically have um, waste products during our sections. We show them that okay, this is a bottle of um, a used bottle of Coca-Cola. Yes. After you dispose the um, the content, what happens to the bottle? Do you just throw it away? Or no, you can't. You can use the bottle for maybe water bottle, or you can use it to hold your 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 kerosene. You can use it to hold the granite oil. You can use it to hold your um, uh, your palm oil. Yeah. Afterwards. 
actually using that you can turn the bottle into a funnel. You understand? Sure. So yeah. this is just basically creative learning. Yeah. So it's part of those things. Um, this is part of those platform we put up, which is actually creative because how can we, how can we, um, how can we clear, um, how can we clear, how can we solve the challenges of incorporating some things into the classroom without alternating the curriculum being put in place by the government or the schools and all that. So I think this particular um, program, which is creative, gives us the ability for us to impact the learners indirectly with a particular thing that we think they need to learn about and they are not learning in the classroom. Wow, awesome. You are satisfied about chemistry, sure. <laughs> but is the organization satisfied by professional or corporate bodies such as CAC or Charity Navigators? Will you please tell us more about okay. that? Okay, I like that question. I learned and I know that pursuing purpose in Nigeria is difficult. Sure. But we do not have an excuse to fail this generation. Mm-hmm. Nelson Mandela said that is a particular generation that has been called to change the tide of humanity around and yeah. we can be that generation yes and that is the fourth generation now um registering with cac i think cost around 180,000. yeah i'm a recent graduate yeah. that is to start with sure the organization is a non-profit Perfect. so we do not make money it's it's predominantly a non-profit <laughs> and that's why i tell people that there is a difference between a non-profit and a social enterprise yeah a social enterprise can be solving a problem and we'll be making money, money. even though right now we're working on a, on a model where we can solve problems and at the same time generate revenue not to make profit but to fund some of the programs of the organization God. so presently we're putting up structures we are not registered with the cac yet yes okay but the business name is registered like aid for rural education access initiative you just start but we 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 are yet to be legalized okay and um that is why we're taking time this year to implement project because we don't want to work on illegality and um i'll shed more light on that nothing whatsoever should stop us from implementing um not implementing but following our passion yeah you understand sure it's 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 pretty difficult for recent graduates um, even though some people doing it, you know, to raise support and all that, yes. to get around 180,000, because I think, I think raising support is around that realm. Sure. Raising support to register an organization is around 180,000 in Nigeria. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I learned. So, if we have 180,000 now, I will rather spend that on financing one of your projects. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I know by mid 2017. Uh, we're we're going to get the organization officially registered with the CAC and we have the documents that, okay, as a non-profit, you can, you can operate. Wow, awesome. Glad to hear this from me. The update about the CAC of the Star What you do as an NGO is a wide task. <laughs> a huge assignment in this, sir. But how do you move on? How are you moving on for your project? Because you've been mentioned of some creative things you've done. Um, how have you been moving or do you get grants from corporate organization or from UN or the likes? How have you been moving on, sir? Uh, well, this question is another opportunity to dispel um, some uh, misconceptions about running non-profits. Some people think you are in there so that you can make money. Yes. And um, But I want to make it clear here that um, from onset, um, Area High has never received any grants okay. from any organization. Um what we rely on as of now, which we know is not sustainable, but it's, it's still fresh and it's kept us going so far, 
is bootstrapping and that is raising support from friends, family and um, well-wishers and through maybe crowdfunding and that was how we, we raised support for providing a library for um, Akwetaegun community in um, Akwetaegun Ibadan access, you know. Yeah. So, um, because most grants giving organizations know that for you to be able to assess funds and grants, you must be registered. Yeah. So that it shows that, okay, the money you are being given to will be judiciously channeled towards implementing projects. Oh, yes, so, yeah. Um, what we do right now is we, we crowdsource, we crowdfund, and we raise support from people who willingly want to support the activities of the organization. And that is why topmost of our priority right now is to get the organization registered because we know when we do that we have the opportunity to get more support from um, corporations and organizations that give grants for non-profit organizations. Wow, awesome. The big task on the organization, are you working alone or do you have people, all the workers that you pay for? Okay, I tell people that um, in achieving either personal vision or organizational vision, you cannot do it alone. Yeah. There is a philosophy that um, one of the biggest institutions in Africa, which is African Leadership Academy, uses. It's all about Africa and the space of you creating a solution to one peculiar African problem that is a space for others. How do you accommodate what other people can contribute? If you want to become a president, you can't just go and become a president. No, no, no. Some people will campaign for you. Sure. Some people will solicit support for you. And some people will vote for you. So I have this dynamic team of exceptional individuals that are working together with me, not working for me, you know, working together with me yeah, yeah. to push this vision to actualization. And I must say, without them, Area High is nothing yeah. because they've, they've been a pillar of support. And one of them is even my interviewer. Because, <laughs> because uh, I remember the last time we had a project in one of our host communities, which is in Aquate, where we are providing a, a school library. And we needed to paint the school. And I remembered the, the host of NGO podcast. Yeah, you're going too far. You're going too far. So let's yeah. do that. And something's battling my mind. Like many people will have something troubling their mind also. Most NGOs do crave for volunteers. Okay. But not workers. I do see their stuff online, volunteers and the like. But why is this so? Why is this so in the industry of NGO? Will you please share more like, sir? Okay. <laughs> Calling for volunteers and no workers. Um, the likes of organizations like World Merit, Restless Development, Creatives Associates, these are predominantly international non-profit organizations. They may cover volunteers, but they have people that are working with them. Now, your capacity, now I'm even going too far. Yeah. Let me come back to Nigeria. <laughs> organizations like ASEI Health, okay. in Lagos run by um, Olabia Isaiah, okay. or um, Follow the Money, or uh, Connected Development run by Amzat Lawal in Abuja. Yeah. These are non-profit organizations that I know that they have people working with them and are paid, they are paid staff. Okay. So it depends on your capacity as an organization. The, one of the dreams I have is that in the space of two years, God's willing, 2018, we are going to have people too, we are going to pay. Wow. No, no, no. There is no space for, even though volunteerism is good. Yeah. Now, I see volunteerism as an opportunity for you to develop skills and competencies yeah. you understand yes you know there are some people that even though they are rich they are satisfied they just want to do something that brings about self-satisfaction mm. self-fulfillment yes so they can do away two hours of their time on a saturday to volunteer for an organization sure you understand so yes. um it's it's getting to that time where organizations will realize that it's important that 
all these people that we rely on their expertise and experience and competencies also needs to be compensated you understand yes but also as you're saying that ngos are calling out for volunteers yeah people too are not embracing the ideas of volunteerism uh, why do you say so okay <laughs> now do you know that in Brussels, in belgium okay organizations or companies recruit based on your hours of volunteering i don't know there's this culture in africa that when i do something that should be a corresponding yeah it feel back yeah it feel back, <laughs> like a corresponding gesture of appreciation yeah thank you is not bad yeah <laughs> you understand yeah but some people just think ah why would i just do something for free and that is the spirit of volunteerism yeah. and um there's there should be the spirit of empathy and shared prosperity and shared understanding that making this word and that is where the nickname Larry Shipper. You did not ask me, but I'm going to say about <laughs> it. A lot of people ask. Yeah, I'm still going to ask you okay, that. Yeah. Okay. I believe that shaping the world into a better place is a collective responsibility. Yeah. So either you think there's something in for you or not. You should just find something you're going to do to make this world a better place. Exactly. And if volunteering is the basis for you to do that, then embrace it. Wow. So I'm not defending NGOs. Okay. You know, but I'm going to say NGOs. We always rely on people that can work together, not work with them or yeah. work for them. Good. Work with and work together with them in order to push their vision to fruition so that yeah. at least they can achieve some things based on their capacity. Now, some organization like Area High, we do not have, for now, we do not have a platform that brings in money. Okay. You know, we, yeah. we, do not, we do not have a revenue generation pathway, something we seek to do in the next few months. Yeah. For now, we can pay people. Nobody's getting paid. You understand? Everybody's <laughs> yeah. just investing their efforts, passion-wise. And we believe that there are some children that are really benefiting from this passion of us to just make education um, something that is affordable and accessible to every child. Okay, it's awesome, awesome. Well, Prince, you are involved in many organizations, <laughs> such as a uh, world at school where you are a global ambassador recently. Just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, you just got the appointment. Congratulations yeah. for that. So uh, an international much. youth council where you are a registered member. Okay. Association of World Citizen Youth yeah. where you are a country council members. World Humanitarian Summit where you are a digital advocate and even lots more. But Prince, how do you manage Area I and other international organizations, both locally and internationally. internationally sir. Okay, thank you so much. The International Youth Council of Nigeria. Okay. It's it's a very broad platform, and um, in Osho State, um, we are putting up the structure and an opportunity to be volunteering as this chairperson. Okay. So for now, we do not really have much of activities, but um, it's not really taking my time. Yeah. And same as the Association of War Citizens Youth. So two other affiliations that are really not taking my time but i'm actively involved with now is the world economic forum global shippers community okay uh, which i'm a member of the ibado hub um it's just um you can always read about that <laughs> so don't let me bore you with yeah, details. Yeah, yeah. as well as uh, the water school global youth ambassador both of them are platforms that helps me to push the vision of area high to actualization you understand so yeah. they are taking my time but at the same time i'm investing in platforms that gives area high the opportunity to blows up oh. you understand yeah so it's just what i do social development is what i do yeah. so i think i'm fine with it yeah awesome 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 but did you learn some special skill to run this area high sure definitely um there is a space for personal and professional development okay i tell people in the non-profit space where we try to organize and um, mobilize people's resources yeah. you must be skilled in the heart of communications sure. you must be able to convince people that this is why i do what i do 
So over time, I've developed myself communications-wise, you know, how to crave persuasive arguments, how to present myself professionally and concisely. Um, so communications for impact is one of the things I learned, I developed over time. Um, corporate fundraising is another thing I've been learning. Okay. You know, how to solicit for support from a large number of people and, you know, drive um, things to fruition. Um, content strategy and brand management is another skill I, I sought out to develop. And that's why at times a lot of people ask me, ah, where is it that when you post pictures online, you just have more, more than 100 <laughs> likes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it's, it's part of the things, you know, you use pictures and words to appeal to people's emotions, yeah. support what you do. It's, sure. it's one of those skills that is important in the social space. Um, another thing is, facilitation skill the ability for you to guide learners through learning because most of the places we go to such as the education for sustainable development forum that we do you know takes efforts for us to be able to impact knowledge to learners about peace so i I learned about facilitation too how to guide learners through a learning path and it's one of the reasons i got uh, a recent invitation to the african leadership academy in south africa so it's another skill and um Another thing now I've been investing on is um, uh, report compilation or report writing. You know the ability for you to report on a particular project okay. or a particular program. Yeah. So another thing is project design. You understand the ability for you to formulate a particular program, implement it, and at the end of the day conduct the monitoring and evaluation. These are the things that is important for you to be able to run an NGO successfully. And some other thing I, I, I think I've worked on is um, a different skill, which is emotional intelligence. And this is with um, social skill and um, empathy, um, self-regulation, self-awareness, the ability for you to build a team, the ability for you to maintain a team, and, you know, guide people um, passionately. You being a leader, you know, and you, you are mobilizing people to achieve a common goal and objective. So these are the kind of things I think I've invested my time into and they're now skills and abilities for me. Wow, awesome, awesome. But Prince, you have an opportunity to be featured on different platforms, both internationally and locally. How has this, your experience on this different platform helped in growing your organization, AI? Oh, well, thank you so much for that question. Welcome. Uh, there is space for growth okay. every time. Yeah. And I think with experience comes that pedestal for you to go. Sure. Um, after my experience in um, African Leadership Academy, when where I met bright professionals from across the world that are doing tremendous things, I came back home. Okay. <laughs> and I saw that there are some programs we do in area high that we need to drop. Hmm. That is because I felt they are not sustainable or they are not scalable or or they are not replicable. With this interview, I'm very very frank. You know, I'm not hiding things. Yeah. So you know. Because other people running NGOs should also learn, should also realize that if you think you're doing something now that you think in the next two years will not work, hmm. why not drop it and take up something that you know in the yeah. next 10 years will continue to work? To work. Yeah. You understand? And, and that is why we come up with a program recently in a high called United for Girls. Okay. Now, it's, it's, it's a pro-girl so program you are going too far you are going too far this because we're still going to talk about the recent project you are working on uh, yeah, 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 yeah just yes. make it in brief yeah yeah I, I i just want to touch on that because uh, okay. it was the featuring on international platforms oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah, that yeah. made us come up with this on how we can invest in the girl child okay both economically like empower them economically and at the same time get them to school 
understand this uh. is this is this is replicable you know having a program whereby you can economically empower girls with a skill give them small seed grants to do that business yes. and at the end of the day they make money so that they can actually sponsor themselves into getting into school and actually staying in school wow awesome awesome glad to hear that from me sir and uh, what are the challenges you encountered during the startup or at the earlier stage of this organization sir well um one of the things i one of the challenges i encountered was um the inability to initially know exactly what i want to do hmm. you know and um, at this point i i need to give credence to um someone that the idea of Area High started together with. Um, she's a co-founder. She's, um, I call her my managing partner. <laughs> <laughs> and her name is Gladys Mutara from Kenya. Okay. Um, when we met, we met online. We met on Facebook. <laughs> so for people to know the pie in social media. Yeah. So um, she has this well-grounded knowledge about non-profit management. So one of the challenges we encountered was um, the distance of two people interested in making a change and we are distant apart far away, far, far away. you know yeah. Kenya to Nigeria. <laughs> it's, it's such a long distance yeah. but over time we got over that you know then we didn't want to do something but we didn't have how we want to do it because Gladys studied commerce <laughs> I studied about chemistry <laughs> so you know taking the time to understudy what um, the problem is all about, how we can come up. We, we knew the problem we want to solve, but how we want to solve it, how to go about it, is what was initially the challenge. So another thing was resources, physical, material, even um, human resources was a problem in the first instance because, you know, trying to convince people on what this mission means to you, how you think they can join you, what they seek to benefit. Because in Nigeria now, to convince people, you need to have something on the table. Yeah, yeah. That this is something in exchange. If, <laughs> sure. if, you, if you give me your money or if you spend your time, this is what you get in return. Yeah. Understand? So those are the kind of um, few challenges we did faced in the beginning. Okay. But you know, over time, we, we, with the use of social media, I and Gladys got to communicate well and better. Um, with building myself and investing in communications for impact, I started to have the ability to convince people that this is what I want to do. And, you know, people came on board. And right now we have up to like 202 volunteers, wow. both in Nigeria and in Kenya. Awesome. You know, it's, it's, it's such an enormous number of people <laughs> that believe in a vision and are ready to work towards achieving that vision. Wow, awesome. Sir, you are such an amazing man. Thank and you. you have been a source of inspiration to many people, both home and abroad. But Prince, what has been your source of inspiration? Or what and who inspires you? Oh, that's, that, that's a big question. Um, while I was in school, I did different things. I... I was a member of um, an organization called Hall Nigerian United Nations Student and Youth Association. Good. And that is ANUSA. And uh, ANUSA contributed to what I am today because, you know, it's a diplomatic setting. It's an organization that seeks to model and um, propagate the ideas of the United Nations. So we have a diplomatic setting. So then we do a lot of um, public presentation. So that was when I had the ability to participate in public speaking competitions, wow. speech contests, yeah. and all that. So then there is a particular man that happens to be a good orator that motivates me, and that is Martin Luther King Jr. So <laughs> he's, he's such a huge point of um, role model. He's, he's such a role model, especially with the famous I Have a Dream speech. Wow. You know, um, that was what paved the way for me to be who I am today. So uh, I pick a lot of things from Martin Luther King Jr. 
and that is um you know optimism positivity resilience you know these are the things i i i read from his biography and things i knew has been a part of my journey so far um those are role model uh, mentor wise um i have um three amazing nigerians and i want to tell people Mentors are not people that um, they are a thousand miles away from you. These are people you check in with day, day to day, day and yeah. night. Um, um, I have um, Jake Okachuku Fodo. He, he, he is the outgoing creator of Abuja Global Shapers. He, he, he has been a huge source of um, motivation and guidance for me in the line of what I do. And I have uh, an amazing individual and person of Eitayo Ogumola of PM Hub. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's present in the US um, and he's also been a, a great individual. Uh, and of course, Oyinda Mola Johnson. Wow. Uh, Oyinda Mola Johnson just returned from Malaysia uh, where he volunteered um, for an organization. This has been three amazing senior colleagues that, you know, I, I was checking with and asked about, okay, how can I do this? How can I do that? And they've been a good source of support for me wow awesome what has been your most defining moment so far ah most defining moment in terms of um you mean this area high journey yeah area high journey sir <laughs> the most defining moment was when we we secured support from mtn foundation to equip one of uh, our host schools with 120 tables and chairs awesome no this is this is this is a school that um formerly we have a lot of the students sitting on the floor right. sitting on the window <laughs> and um um, kudos to one of our amazing program coordinators, Ogutude Tosin Philip, who's, um, who nominated the school on behalf of Area High okay. to MTM Foundation. And, um, you know, we got the support. And um, I was so happy because then we had the plans of providing infrastructure for this school. But when we did the cost evaluation, <laughs> it was around two million. Jesus. How did we combine that <laughs> kind of non for profit? <laughs> for a non for profit organization. Even if we want to do crowdfunding, even if we receive grants, we, we indeed we can receive grants that can amount to the tone of two million naira. Yeah. But you know, that kind of a support, if you see these tables and chairs, they are sophisticated. You know. <laughs> so I it, it was one of those moments. And the day the tables and chairs were inaugurated. The smiles on the faces of the teachers, the students, the parents, the principal. I felt elated and excited that, oh, this is the kind of gratifying feeling that comes with you pursuing your passion and you, you know, craving to provide a solution to a particular problem. So it's one of those biggest moments of being um, the executive director of this organization. <laughs> okay, as the executive director, uh, would you please tell our listeners the latest project your organization is working on? Okay, um, I'm not supposed to do this. <laughs> right? You know something about me. Um, yeah. I'm a master of surprises. Yeah. I like to just pop up. Uh, should, should, we, should we just script that? No, 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 no. Yeah. It's good. So, um, Area High is coming up with um, one project called um, Tech for Schools. Tech for Schools is a program that seeks to empower one million kids huge huge <laughs> with digital skills awesome yeah. it's unrepresented achievable. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it's 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 a smart goal and that is before the end of 2020 one million so we know it's 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 attainable and it's time bound so sure. um another one is um united for girls and under that under that program we have two sub programs which is um wings to fly and edupa understand mm-hmm. so yeah. these are three private projects that we are working tremendously on at the moment yeah. and i think um before the end of september we are going to eat the ground growing and uh, you know we set the pace and 
we get it started. Okay. Oh, thank you for being here with me, Sir yes. Prince. And uh, before I let you go, okay. would you uh, please list uh, possible ways of reaching out to you or the organization in case where many listeners might want to sponsor or come in contact or partners with the organization, sir? Okay. Um, to start with the organization, we are currently building a website. Okay. Um, but you can always check it out on areahighforafrica.wordpress.com. Okay. Now, I'm going to spell that because a lot of people have issues with the four. Sure. Area, A-R-E-A, then small i, okay. then figure four, then Africa, like A-F-R-I-C-A, areahighforafrica, then dot wordpress.com. You can check us out on Twitter at we are area high okay. you can check us out on instagram at um we are area high too okay. and um, check us out on facebook just type aid for real education access initiative and you like a page for me i'm on facebook on at um, prince online what you give on the lua show i'm sorry it's a yeah, long name official email official email online what you give on o at gmail.com okay for the organization, it is area I for Africa at gmail.com. All right. So you can also check me up on Twitter or on Instagram at um, Larry Shipper, okay. which is my nickname. Ah, awesome, awesome. Any special word from you to the African leaders? Um, African leaders. Yeah. We are the leaders. Now, I'm going to say over the past 12 months, my growth as an individual has um, tremendously surpassed where or what I pictured in the last 24 months. And... Um, a lot of people contribute that to uh, maybe my energy, my passion yeah. to do things. But I always say that two things that are pivotal for we present leaders to champion the change that we seek to see in Africa. And the number one is the can-do attitude. Africa is a land of opportunities. You understand? If we see that, if we pursue that to the last extent, indeed it is possible. Yeah. Now the other one is the just do it mentality. I do not procrastinate. I just do it. <laughs> if, if I know it's going to yield great results, I'm going to invest time. I'm going to invest resources into it. Now, lastly, nothing stops you from being who you seek to be and not become except you. So it is important for you to just do that thing that you seek to do today. And, you know, it's just going to happen. So I'm going <laughs> to end with my favorite um, quote. I coined on the quote and that is shaping the world into a better place to live is our collective responsibility and we all have individuals role to play that into effect so whatever your hand said how to do today to make africa a better continent or to make the world a better place to live just do it and i know someday sometime posterity will judge and we'll all be on the same page of saying yes we all made africa a better continent. Wow, awesome. Thank you for joining me today, Sir Prince. Nice having you on the show today. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. You are welcome. Oh, yippee. <laughs> welcome back from the interview session there with Prince Gideon Olamri Waju. And it's high time for me to go for the, for the opportunity update section now. As opportunity update man is ready to share with us the latest updates of which will be beneficial to you. Don't go away. I'll be right back after the opportunity of this session. Opportunity man, take over. Let's do this. Hey, it's time for opportunity update. Opportunity update on NGO podcast show. Stay tuned.
Hello there, and welcome to the Opportunity Update Corner on NGO Podcast Show. My name is Sheifum Adebote, and this week on this episode, I have just one update on my desk for NGOs focused on HIV-AIDS-related issues. So if your NGO is one that addresses HIV-related issues, then this is an opportunity for you. AIDS Fund is seeking for application to offer grants for short, innovative, and promising projects that are related to HIV-AIDS. So be sure if you qualify for this, here are the criteria. Funding will only be provided to registered organization. The organization must have strong track record. Please note that this grant is not for individuals. So if your NGO suits into this, visit the website www.aidsfund.nl I'm going to spell that for you. That is www.aidsfund.nl A-I-D-S-F-O-N-D-S dot N-L With this, I come to the end of the Opportunity Update Corner on the NGO Podcast Show. Thank you so much for your time. My name is Shei Fumi Adepote. We'll do this again. Till then, stay alive. Oh yes, welcome back from the Opportunity Update Corner. Such an amazing update there from the Update Man. And if you are listening to this and your non-government organization focuses on resolving HIV and AIDS issues, then the Opportunity Update is for you. I would advise you to go for the opportunity now. And before I draw a curtain on today's episode, I would love to give out the possible means of reaching aid for Rural Education Access Initiative, Area I, for any official discourse only. The organization can be contacted via their official email address area i for africa at gmail.com. The area for Africa is spelled as A R E A I four figure four A F R I C A at gmail.com. Area I for Africa at gmail.com. And I'm logging off for today, but don't forget to visit our website for latest updates so that you won't be left behind. I remain your dear host, Jimo Uluwatobi Shegum. You can simply call me JOS. I will speak with you soon. But you then, don't forget, you have a vital role to play in the human race. Government cannot do it all for you. Be ready to do yours. Stay fresh, remain blessed. Peace.